Hey guys, and welcome back to Just Hoops. In today's video, we got the trade deadline. We're gonna talk about it, review it, and I'm here with Josh, and we're gonna just jump right into it. So, starting off, let's start off with the big bang, the one everybody's been talking about, the one that people have been anticipating. Aaron Holiday to the Suns. Let's not do that. Uh, James Harden to Philadelphia, Ben Simmons to Brooklyn. So the trade in total... The Brooklyn Nets are receiving Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, 2022 first-round pick, 2027 first-round pick, and the Sixers are receiving James Harden and Paul Millsap. So, go for it. What do you think? Um, at first, I don't like – like, I, I at first glance, I didn't like this for Philly. Um just because I loved how Seth Curry was in their offense and Andre Drummond really was the perfect backup big for them. But, and they gave up two first round picks too. But um, the more I thought about it, they could use James Harden as how they did Seth Curry. Like when I first saw it, I thought they're going to have to change their whole offense. They're going to have to redo everything, figure out how to use James Harden and uh, Joel Embiid together. But I was like, the more I thought about it, it could be the same way. Like, just that two-man game with them, it's going to be basically unstoppable. But I, I don't – it's going to be interesting to see how this works out because Ben Simmons won't be back for a little while. Like, he's got to get back in game game like game like shape. Um, Seth Curry is huge for the Nets, especially right now without – like with Kyrie being in and out, KD hurt. Um, he's having an amazing year. Uh, I'm really excited to see how this, how they're going, how uh, Steve Nash is going to do it with this, with these new group of guys. Um, but the fit with Ben Simmons in Brooklyn, I feel like is one of the best fits that could have happened just because now he's surrounded by shooters. So he could basically just go and work. Like it's not going to be too clogged up. Like it was in Philly with him and Embiid on the floor at the same time. <clears throat> For me, I I don't want to overthink it from Philly's end. I think Philly gave up too much, but at the end of the day, they just added one of the best players on the planet, which I think just how he's been acting recently, like trying to get out and trying to make this trade happen might be a little bit of a red flag, but also I, I get it though, because what his reason his reasoning was kind of like how how the organization treated like how they didn't really care about Kyrie only playing half the games. Yeah. Like, I get that. Cause that's like, if I was his teammate, I'd be like, you don't like, you don't want to be here. Like you don't want to play. Like you're not. Yeah. But, but st- like, you, I get it. Like that's even what when he did in Houston, like he looked like he put on plus 40 pounds. Just, yeah. like, you know what I mean? So I don't know if it'll take a little bit for him to get back into like f- the flow of things, but at like, Harden and Embiid in a two-man game, and you got three guys spaced. Like I don't know how you stop that. Um, Embiid's an MVP caliber guy. Harden, if he's clicking, Harden was Harden. Harden could be right. Last year there was talks about do we put him on the ballot, but he missed however many games because of Houston. So it was like you have two of the best players in basketball playing two-man game. That's gonna be tough to stop. And then for uh for the Nets. I, like, the first thought was, okay, I really like Ben there because he can play in the short role. He can He's going to be their all-world defender like he was in Philly. He won't have a ton of offensive responsibility. Uh, Seth Curry spacing. Andre Drummond, a big-time big man that will give them something. that they, Him and Claxton as, like, them two starting or them two being, like, centers that rotate for each other. That's going to be a good, like, that's going to be a solid front court. Um, KD gets healthy if Kyrie, if roles change and he's able to play. They added depth, and I think just because of how they've been struggling recently that this additional depth could really help them get back into the flow, get back into things, and really make a run into the playoffs. So I, yeah. I think both teams – I wouldn't say anyone won in particular, but I think nobody lost. 
it was it was it was even just like due to the fact that Philly got rid of that baggage of Ben Simmons, that contract yeah. was just sitting there, yeah. um, like not doing anything, not not even coming to practices. Yeah, but um, it's gonna be interesting to see how these both teams like change to be around these like change to build around. Um, I did want to ask how how would you feel if it was not Seth Curry and it was Matisse Thibel instead in the trade? Oh no, no, you don't give up Thibel and you don't give up Maxi. You you'd rather Seth than Thibel? Are you rather give up Seth than Thibel? Yeah. Just from what they offer, because I think Thibel is so unique in what he does that I you can't give him up. I don't I yeah. it's they don't have Ben Simmons now. So they need that. He's one of the like he's gonna be a first or second team all defense guy, Thibel. So it's like you need him on your roster. And then Maxi is just game by game getting better. Um, those two guys you need to hold on to. Seth is like he was playing really well, but if you're getting James Harden, James Harden is gonna do what Seth did just at like uh times however exponentially better you want to say um i think the worst thing that they gave up that could hurt is drummond because now their front court depth has shrunk a little bit they're gonna have to run with they're gonna give bassy minutes that'll be exciting to watch they're gonna have to go small they're gonna go micro ball i won't they'll probably end up playing like tobias harris at the five at times off like with the bench five um, I think they they visit like the the buyout market for like a Eubanks or something. Depends. I just they need a playmaking five. I know Eubanks could do that because they're holding and, and, and his cancer got bought out too. Like they have they have a few yeah, options. They have options. I just don't know if anybody could do what Drummond did because Drummond yeah, no. is a phenomenal passer, phenomenal passer and rebounder. That was able to basically be the point center in their five out offense when the bench was in and defensively was a really solid anchor. So what they lost in Drummond could hurt, but at the end of the day you add James Harden to your roster. So I I don't think it's that big of a deal. Now, how do you think Philly uses Maxi off ball? Or do you think they use Maxi off ball or like yeah, it's gonna be the same stuff that they did with Seth. Like Maxi could initiate, get Harden coming off an Iverson, hit him, and that's a two-man game on the side. Right. It could be literally the same actions, just put Harden in, and then but Harden will get his play at point, and like Maxi will be off the ball. Maxi could—he's a solid spot-up guy. He's also really good at attacking closeouts and getting downhill to the paint. That's where he's his best. So he'll be able to play off of anyone. So okay. I'm not worried about that. Yeah. Actually, I have one more question, too. Um, how do you feel about a Nets small ball lineup with Ben at the five or KD at the five, whatever? Frisky. About the four and five. You like that? It's frisky because that's, what, saying, I was, that's what I thought. Joe of. Harris is healthy, right? What's that? Are you saying Joe Harris is healthy then? Yeah. Like like the, their team. Joe yeah. Their team completely healthy with uh, Kyrie able to play. So it would be Kyrie, Seth, Joe, KD, Simmons. That's – oh, how are you guarding that? Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. And even – even um, even um, you could even put Patty Mills. Like, say Joe Harris isn't even healthy. You put Patty Mills in there too. That's a it's tough a little, guard. It's a little smart, smaller, but – like a lot smaller. But but you've still got – you got two – you got 6'10 and a 7-footer that could defend basically – Anyone you need them to. And then you have shooting around. That's going downhill. That, I don't even think Ben it, – it will be a Draymond Green role. I don't think you – You think it would be more post – You think it would be more like post than like just running stuff? Post like, and short roll. I don't think it will be get Ben the ball on the perimeter. Really? I don't see where that's beneficial because you're taking the ball out of KD and Kyrie's hands. Oh, okay, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Because, like, at that point, like, the only time he'll get it outside is, say, like, he gets in the five out and – or the fast break, yeah. That'll be actually huge for them, too, for him to initiate breaks, get the shooters wide. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what – I thought about that, too, like that – 
small ball lineup, like that death lineup is just going to be. It's like, gnarly. That going to be I, different. <laughs> my only thing about these this trade is that I don't think it puts either of these teams in positions to beat Milwaukee or Miami. Oh. I think well I think which it it all it all depends on how they click. Yes. I think yes. Brooklyn Brooklyn has a better chance than Philly just because Harden's still dealing with that hamstring injury like that's you don't know how long that's going to be. Yeah, but it all depends on how they click. I think Milwaukee and Miami are just on a different stratosphere right now in the East that uh I don't know if this trade does it. To really, it'll push them. It'll push like it'll because even Chicago, when Chicago gets healthy, I think Chicago is right there with these two. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, how much did you really do with this? You know, you just got two disgruntled guys and then swap them. Yeah. But all right, is that it for you for this? Yeah, we'll move on. You can watch ESPN if you want more. That's what everybody talking about. So. Um, let's get to something a little friskier. We're going to go actually not friskier, just different. We're going to talk about DeMontis Sabonis going to Sacramento for Tyrese Halliburton. So you want me to start this one? You got it. I'm going to just lay out the deal. So the Pacers got Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson. And Sacramento got DeMontis Sabonis, Justin Holiday, Jeremy Lamb, and a 2023 second-round pick. So, first things first, I think Sacramento screwed up in giving up Halliburton. Uh, He has been (laughs) probably the best player on the team all year, and his ceiling is all-star, like all-NBA point guard level, and the Pacers really did a good job of getting as much as they could out of this deal and really giving them a good chance at building around a different core now which will be Halliburton and Turner and hopefully Warren comes back healthy. And that group could really like be a fun team to watch in the East. Um, I don't think that they do anything this year due to injury, but I'm excited personally being an hour outside of Indianapolis to go to a game and watch Tyrese Halliburton work. But Sacramento got dynamic duo going now between Sabonis and Fox. Um, I think that could be interesting. I don't know if this is – you gave up. I don't know. I just don't know if I'm that big on Sabonis that it was worth it. But, like, I don't know. I'm a huge Halliburton fan, so it's hard for me to <clears throat> say that they did the right thing because I really liked the actions with Holmes. I really like what Metu showing. Um, Harrison Barnes even at the four. You're adding a post-up threat. You're adding a guy that needs the ball in the paint to do something. And he, in my opinion, I think it will slow down Sacramento, which their pace has been one of their big things. And defensively, you're getting a little worse. Um, so I'm. you're higher on the Sacramento end. I know you are. Um, but this ties into another deal that I don't know if you want to bring up now. We can bring it up with it. Okay, so Sacramento also got Dante DiVincenzo, which, all right, that to me makes like, that's a lot better of a pickup. They got Dante DiVincenzo, Josh Jackson, and Trey Lyles in a four-team deal that sent Marvin Bagley to Detroit, Rodney Hood and Semi Ojale to the Clippers, and Milwaukee received Sergi Baca and a 2022 second-round pick and a 2024 second-round pick. Um... So we'll talk Sacramento. So Sacramento in total gets Sabonis, Dante DiVincenzo, Josh Jackson, Trey Lyles, and Justin Holiday, Jeremy Lamb, and a 2023 second round pick. You you add seven, is that six or seven guys? It's a lot. <laughs> six guys. Um six new faces. Maybe it's the thing that they need. To really, because they have talent, they have a good coach. They got, I I think that the system's fun and it fits what they got. And I don't, I like, I think Dante DiVincenzo could be huge for them, especially at the two, because you got Fox, Dante, Harrison Barnes, 
You can even go small ball and put the Mitchell in at the two, DiVincenzo at the three, Barnes at the four, Sabonis at the five, and then you can still run with that lineup. It's just very interesting. I, I'm going to just, like, my last thing, Hal Burton's going to be, oh, my, like, that dude is going to be one of the best players in the league in very short time. And it was tough. I think it's tough to give him up, but, hey, it happened. Okay. Now, how I see this trade is you're speeding up the process. I think. <laughs> 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 speeding up the Yes. What process? It's been like 20 it's been 20 years since the Kings have been relevant. But with Halliburton, you have to wait like a few years, like you have to wait at least two or three years okay. until he's that level. I hear you out. And you're giving De'Aaron Fox a all-star big man to work with. That's basically all I have to say. And you're adding depth. Like Jeremy Land's a solid pickup. Mm-hmm. Uh Justin Holiday, solid pickup. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Jackson, I really like Josh Jackson. Yeah, I like that one too. But um, Trey Lyles has been solid. It's tough to give up someone like Hallen Burton. Uh, I know they've been shopping Buddy Heald, but um, you you hit the nail on the head. Hallen Burton's going to be one of the best guards and players in general in the NBA in a few years. Um, he's just showing that. Right now, he's playing. He's sky's old. the limit. Sky, old. oh, 20, like 20 21, 22. Yeah, he's young. Like, he's, he's very young, but like, he's he's showing a different like level of skill. And uh, I'm just, I'm excited to see what Sacramento does just because this, uh, this changes like everything. You have a playmaking big now to be with uh, that speed that you already had before. And then you added the shooting and uh, just really good role play uh, with the with the other guys that you picked up, the other six guys. <laughs> I didn't even put that into perspective that they picked up seven new guys. Yeah, it's like they they literally had a full flip. I didn't think that they'd sell that much, but they did. I know oh. they were shopping for that. The, like they were going for they were going after Ben, and I knew they were going after Sabonis, but I didn't think they'd be like completely like that um but i just i i I, for the kings i can't talk much about the pacers uh just because i feel like this is kind of like they're still trying to figure out what direction they want to go with but they have their pieces now you know what i'm saying does that make sense yeah i feel like it sounded weird but um like they have a few different ways they could go uh but you you basically said it all that's I'm just I'm a lot more high on the Kings aspect than yeah you are. I know you you kind of you kind of changed after Divincenzo got dealt there, but I the Divincenzo thing made it a lot better. But yeah, it's hard to give up Halbert. I feel like after the like the, right now, like I told you this earlier, but I feel like right now they could get the Kings could rattle off quite a, like a few wins come um, coming up, improve their seating. They'll be in the play-in. Um, which will be huge for Sacramento in general, just being in the play-in after <laughs> after this drought. But they uh, low-key deserve a banner for getting in the play-in. <laughs> Can you imagine that? <laughs> no, this is this is off topic, off sport. But did you see there was something like should a uh, should college football teams uh hang banners for making it to the playoff? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Okay, that's off topic. We'll get back. Um, okay. But uh, they'll make it to the play-in this year, but I feel like the off-season's either make or break for them. They they have the, the tools right now. They just have to put a lot of pieces around them. That's all. That's why I'm so high on this. Like, that's what I mean by speeding up the process. Like, you have what you need. Just add the right pieces around it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that that's enough on that deal. Um, okay. <laughs> let's talk about the big one from two days ago. Yeah. Uh, CJ McCollum. I don't know. From two, this was from Tuesday, I believe. So CJ McCollum, Larry Nance Jr. and Tony Snell 
go to New Orleans, and the Portland Trail Blazers received Nikel Alexander Walker, who was shipped. We'll talk. We'll add that deal in. Josh Hart, Diddy Luzada, Tomas Sadoransky, a 2022 first rounder, a 20. Oh, that was very protected. A 2026 second rounder and a 2027 second rounder. That was. <laughs> the pick, pick could only be five, five through fourteen. It is quite protected. Um, but then, all right, the the connected deal to it was that. Um, That's funny. Utah received Nikel Alexander Walker and Juan Hernan Gomez. San Antonio received Tomas Sanaransky and a 2027 second rounder. And Portland received Elijah Hughes, a 2022 second rounder, and the Joe Ingles. You this deal confused it. me so much. Like not not like who was sent where, just like how many different like shippings. <laughs> Basically, every piece of this trade was sent somewhere else. Well, out of it, you want if you're Portland, you want Josh Hart, Joe Ingles, um, and picks. Yeah. So, like, the whole deal with Portland is, hey, let's get the best group around Dame next year that we could and go for it. So it's like you're adding Josh Hart, who's one of the best glue guys. You're adding Joe Ingles, who could basically play any like a variety of roles, play off Dame, be a backup point forward. Like, hopefully, he comes back healthy and good, and he's at the same level. Um, they. You want to talk about the the Clipper trade too, then? With Portland. Uh, no, we'll add that later. Okay, but I think everything Portland's doing is setting them up for future successes. But let's talk. We'll talk more about Portland later. Then, let's get into New Orleans. So, you're adding CJ McCollum, Larry Nance Jr., who's getting surgery to end the year now. And Tony Snell. Um, I think the Pelicans had to do something to make sure Zion stayed around. And this was probably their best bet. Um, he They added a scoring guard. He's going to be the new point guard. I want to see what lineups they throw out there. Um, I think that this will help them now. Like I'm, I can see them putting together wins now. And like... Earning a way into that's, the play-in. That's, yeah, that's what's that's what's gonna do. Um, because you're adding, you're you're adding a twenty point per game scorer, shooting thirty six point seven from off the dribble threes. That's tough. Like, and then you have Brandon Ingram who's hooping. You got um Jonas Valanciunas who could score at all three levels. Uh. I, I'm a little upset that they gave up Nikel Alexander Walker. I really like his game, but San Antonio got or Utah got him. He'll he'll be able to play a lot in Utah. That's gonna be huge. Um he I I think the Pelicans did good. I just want to see where this takes them. So they did what they wanted to do. That's yeah. the like they, they just wanted to bring a name in to attract uh, Zion back. Um it could turn into something little, like something like Sacramento um, this year if Zion comes back. When Zion comes back, I don't even know what's going on there. But uh, um, it could turn into something like little, like just like how you said the play-in maybe. But um, they're, uh, the thing I don't like is like they don't really have a playmaking guard. I would say, like point I think guard. CJ could play make at point guard. Much more of a score. We're, we're gonna we'll definitely we'll definitely see a different side of his game because they're gonna play him at point guard. Uh, they still have Graham, right? Yeah, he's he's a scorer though. Scorer, yeah. But I'm just I'm just trying to think of their guard depth. Um, that's something that they're gonna have to add though. Uh, depth at the guard over the off season. Um, they traded those picks away, so. Uh, I don't know. You said basically everything. There's not much to talk talk about for this year about this trade, just because Portland. We'll talk about Portland later. But um, all right. Wait one. Uh, one thing. One thing I actually want to say is um, someone today, 
uh, one of the coaches here said he wouldn't be surprised if Joe Ingles ends up back in uh, Utah next year. He could. He's I, thought that, I thought that was. I thought that was really interesting. He really could. I like, okay. I. That's, that's quite true. The whole point of that trade, though, is that if you're Portland, you're making sure he signs. If he doesn't sign, then that that was pointless, and you lost to Kel Alexander Walker for nothing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I hope it turns out well. But to talk about New Orleans guard depth wise, they have Jose Alvarado. They have Jared He's Harper. They have Kyra Lewis, who I really like. They have – that's it. And then they have uh, CJ. I think Kyra – Kyra Lewis CJ. is going to get a lot more um, responsibility. Like he's going to get more. Yeah. Jose he'll Alvarado be, be that swag. I, I love Jose Alvarado. <laughs> that's swag. <laughs> But yeah, that'll be interesting to see what they do because they got they they add like that's is it is a big pickup for um the Pelicans just because Zion is most likely going to be uh, attracted by that. Yeah, just depends on when he comes back. So yeah, you you got anything else with that one? Or I uh, no, we'll talk we'll talk about the Blazers later. So I think right now we just we do it. Uh, you want to go into that one? Okay. Yeah, let's. So one of the first trades was the Clippers sent Robert, or the Clippers received Robert Covington and Norman Powell, and the Blazers received Eric Bledsoe, Keon Johnson, just Justice Hall, Winslow, Justice Winslow, um, and twenty twenty five second round pick. You want to go in first? Um. No, you got it. Because I'm um, going to talk more Clippers. <laughs> the Blazers, yeah, just going back to what I was saying, they, they're they trying to give Dame the best group, and they're adding trade assets. So, like, a Keon Johnson and a second-round pick and Eric Bledsoe, they're all going to turn into trade value. I think Winslow will be the one guy that they keep. Um, He actually got the start last night. Uh, I know that they're a little thin at the moment, but he did get a start, and – I think his game fits well around Dame, where he's that point forward and he could really like initiate offense, play off, like be even a backup point, depending on however everything shakes up. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but like Portland, it's just they're they're building. This off season will be when we see if this was all worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Clippers, though, they are gearing up. They are uh, – this is a big-time addition for them. Both Norman Powell and Robert Covington, two big-time wings. Norman Powell goes out and drops how many in his first 28. game? 28. And they win the game. Uh, they're two big-time, two-way players that when you add PG and Kawhi and you have those two on the floor and then, say, Zubak, like, that's a tough five to, like, what are you about to do? Uh they're going to guard you hard. They're going to be able to spread the floor around them too. Like this whole deal was set up imagining that next year you got a healthy Kawhi and a healthy PG and you're going for the chip. Uh, it was a big th- – the Clippers did good. Clippers did as good as you could hope for in the trade. That's Yeah, that's what I was going to say that um, this is like they just – they fit perfectly with the Clippers, like that grittiness that they're going to lock you up. Um, and then offensively, they're really not going to get in the way of PG and Kawhi when they come back, like the, uh, especially Covington, Covington will just go sit in the corner and he'll be like, okay, if I'm open, I'm going to shoot this. <laughs> but, uh, uh, Norman Powell could like right now he's that, like, he's basically their, their guy. So, um, I feel like this year is going to be huge for him just as an improvement side just because of how much more run he's going to be getting and more um, offensive – what's the word? I'm, offensive attention. Opportunity. Yeah, opportunity. Um, that if they do need him next year at some point, that he'll be ready for that. Yeah. But like like you said with Portland, they're really just – they're gearing up to either make a big-time deal to bring someone in or – bring in these like justice you did justice ones a will i would 
wouldn't be surprised if they do keep him uh, just because of how versatile he is. Uh, he's a great, a very, very good role player on a team. Um, and all the picks that they're getting, like they're good. They are gearing up for something big, some, some moves this off season. Uh, so that'll be exciting to see what, what they got cooking up over there, you know? <laughs> for sure. For sure. Just so, get, get Dame the championship. <laughs> that's all. Yeah, that's the goal. That's the whole, <laughs> that's everything there, man. You just got Dame staying. So you got, you got to put him in a position to win it. Um, Let's move on now to the last one we're both going to talk about, which is Kristaps Porzingis. He got shipped off to Washington with a second-round pick for Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans. Go. People, I don't know why people are saying this is a terrible trade for Dallas. Like, I feel like it's more of a gamble for Washington than Dallas just because Dallas is getting a knockdown shooter with Davis Bertans to uh, put around Luca. Um, and Spencer Dinwiddie is going to bring like, he's, he doesn't get as much love as he should. Um, he's going to bring that. Like I f- he'll bring a similar impact to what, uh, uh, what's his face. Um, Brunson brings right now for Dallas like he'll probably off the bench but he'll bring that same that same impact uh to the game uh Chris Stapps is really hit or miss like he hasn't played much this year and Dallas is doing very good so um it's not as much of a risk for Dallas as it is Washington uh, I feel like Washington's just bringing that in to attract Beal to come back um uh just bringing that other that other piece for him to like it'll be similar to what uh the Pelicans did. I don't know why I'm blanking. You go. <laughs> so, uh, getting so Washington, I'm gonna talk about this trade, but Washington made a lot of moves in their front court, and Bertons was one of them. And you're basically upgrading two guys which I'll bring up the other one when we each talk about trades for someone that has been playing some of his best basketball. Whenever he's healthy, he's going out there and hooping. He's confident. He was happy. And somebody like that with Brad Beal, oh, that that could be a nasty combination. But at the same time, you could also think he wasn't able to do it with Luka. How do you expect him to do it with Beal? So – I'll be interested to see how things work out, how it shapes out, and what exactly happens. But I think Dallas is just like this deal basically was like, Luca, you got the keys to the franchise. We're going to put talent around you. We got shooters. We got Dinwiddie who could put pressure on the rim is something that they have struggled with. Whenever you watch games, it's Brunson will put pressure on the rim. Luca will put pressure on the rim. Maybe Finney Smith will drive once in a while or short roll, but it's like, a lot of guys that do a lot of standing around on the perimeter and they'll just catch, try to move the ball, maybe a DHO, but nothing really downhill besides those primary ball handlers. So adding Dinwiddie, even I don't know what role he'll have as like a bench guy or they go uber small starting five. Um, it'll be interesting offensively, and I think Kidd will do a good job at incorporating him. And I think defensively, Dinwiddie add something due to his length and athleticism. Uh, we did a video before the year on how he'd impact Washington possibly, and I think he I think he was underrated. I think he played pretty well. Um, I think he got he didn't get as much run as I thought he would, but his minutes weren't bad. I thought he was doing his job. He's playing at a pretty high level now in Dallas. I think he has even more of a role, honestly, because. I think Brunson and him will flip-flop minutes, so whenever one isn't on the floor, one will be, and they'll both have the responsibility to control the offense when Luka's not in and be able to play off of Luka and free him up when he is in. And then Bertans is one of the most – 
he carries a lot of gravity offensively, and you can't help off of him. So you add another shooter, an elite shooter around Luka, um, I don't know what else you can ask for. So I think the trade was good both ways. Um, a lot of question marks for both teams with it, but from a basketball perspective, I think both teams probably came out pretty well. It gives Luca a lot more, like, options, I would say. Like, it'll give him more help. That's what I'm trying to say. He doesn't have to give it up, though, now. You know? Yeah, but I'm what I'm saying is, like, Dinwiddie will, like, like if you, you want to, if you wanted to, like, if you, ugh, if you wanted to give him a rest, you could have Brunson at the one, Dinwiddie at the two, and that would just, like, yeah, I don't want to say even out, but that would, it gives him rest time. Yeah. We'll see what it happens. Adds, it adds more depth for Luca. Yeah, for sure. But now we're each going to get into two trades we each really liked. I'm going to start off, and I'm going to go based off of that last one, and I'm going to talk about Montrez Harrell going to Charlotte. Charlotte's been looking for a big guy, and Montrez Harrell fits what they do. He's a high-energy big. He's going to be able to do it at both ends of the floor. I, I'm a huge fan of his game. Um, the whole deal in general, Washington got Ishmith and Vernon Carey Jr., and Charlotte got Montrez Harrell. Um, you add a motor, high-energy big man to play alongside LaMelo. He'll run the floor. He'll guard. He'll do his job at a really high level. I think he's an upgrade over Mason Plumley. He Plumley's been playing well, but I I think it helps. Um, from the Wizards' perspective, you basically you add two guys that like adding Ish Smith. Ish Smith played well there last year. Um, I don't know long term how much Ish Smith helps because uh, Raul Nito has been playing well. And Vernon Carey is a guy that you could put on a two-way and see what happens because he has talent. He's a young big guy. See what happens. Your front court's a little packed with uh, Gafford, Bryant, and Porzingis now. So it'll be – you'll see where he goes. Um, But the whole point of this trade was to get rid of somebody that I think was kind of disgruntled in his position. And it just like – they they start the Wizards start the year so well and things were they were playing at really high and then it just all it all slumped and the moral of the team went down people like talking about how guys don't like Dinwiddie in the locker room guys Trez is like annoyed and aggravated so it's like the vibe wasn't there if that's like that's probably the best way I could put it the vibe of that locker room wasn't there and they needed to make some moves and. I, I assume that they weren't going to re-sign Harold then, that they like he was not part of the long-term plans. That's why you make this move. And you gear up. You're going to you, – you're putting Bradley Beal and KP in a situation in the future to have a ton of depth and try to make a run in the East. Um, the Hornets add another big-time, like, high-energy, high – high motor like just a fun player to an even like to a fun team so it'll be a fun thing to see how he meshes and what happens and i think also losing ish smith it'll be exciting to see boat night play more so i think the hornets are going to just get more athletic more rangy more up and down and it'll be fun to see how they play too in the future now yeah for sure um for my first one, I'm going to what feels like happened uh, like three weeks ago. Um, Karis LeVert to the Cavs. Uh, so far, it looks like it's like it's definitely a good move for Cleveland. Um, oh, wait, I'll go over quick. Um, Karis LeVert, Cleveland gets Karis LeVert and a 2022 second round pick. And Indiana got Ricky Rubio, a 2022 first-round lottery-protected pick, 
a 2022 second round pick and a 2027 second round pick. So they got a lot of picks from that, which is good for Indiana. If they did want to, like we said earlier, make some uh, moves over the summer, uh, over the off season to surround those pieces that they got through other trades um, with the, with the talent that they need. Uh, but so far for Cleveland, Karis LeVert looks like he is like fitting very well. Without Colin Sexton um, this year, it's definitely going to help uh, to have that other scorer at the at the guard spot for to help uh, Darius Garland. Um, but um, for this season, Karis LeVert is going to like push Cleveland to that next level. They're already what the three seed right now. Uh, they're they're up three or four, I think, but um, it's going to, it's going to help them. To, they're four. Okay, so they're four seed right now. It's going to help them to, kind of try to push up since the East is so close. Push up farther in those standings. I feel like this was more of a trade for this year. It did look really good in their first game or two, um, together. I mean, I don't remember who they played, but. Uh, I know they blow them out, but that's all I got to say. All right. So they beat the Pacers. Or no, they beat the Spurs. That's who it was. It was the Spurs. They beat the Spurs. And I'll give you a box score. They had Levert played 28 minutes. He was 4 of 11 from the field one from three one for three from three and two for two from the line he was a plus eight 11 points two assists um solid outing but um it gives Darius Garland another outlet to go to to uh I honestly all right he played off the bench I think that that's the move um there's a video coming later this week about uh Cleveland's defense and I think a huge part is their they're five that like you start Okoro, who's a defender. You start Wade, who has been playing very well, like above his like what he should be doing. Um, and then you have your bench is Whoa. Kevin Love. Oh. That seemed like a bit of a shot. No, <laughs> but what he should be doing. <laughs> uh, He's showing you what he should be doing. <laughs> but continue. <laughs> but your bench is Levert, Kevin Love, and Rondo, uh, Osman, Stevens. Uh, you got some dudes like Goodwin. They're gonna, they're gonna be, they, you're not gonna. You're not gonna want to play them in the playoffs. That's what they're. They're gonna be fun. I think Levert really adds that second guard that they need it, and I'm interested. I'm. I'm. I'm already high on Cleveland. I am very high on Cleveland. <laughs> And this type of movie, you, you watched a ton of them over the like do it pre- prepping for this video, so yeah, you could, you could definitely that, see more. They uh, they're fun, they are quite a fun group, and I think that this is just an another, he gives, another he gives them another guy to get offensively mainly to get like another aggressor, yes, yes. But for my second deal, for the last thing I'm gonna personally bring up is Derek White to Boston. Uh, Boston has been playing very well of recent. Uh, they they pick up Derek White from the San Antonio Spurs and give up Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, and a 2022 first-round pick. So the Celtics get a spacer. They get somebody that they can trust to get in the game. He's been playing really well in San Antonio. He can play around Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart. He could be that guy that they need because they haven't they've struggled from three. They've been playing re- really well of late, but still they're not shooting the ball as well as they should. And they gave up two guys that are really spotty shooters for a big time shooter. In San Antonio's case, they they made a lot of moves this deadline. I'm a little surprised by that. But besides that, they they added length, athleticism. You already have DeJounte Murray, you have uh, Keldon Johnson, you got Jakob Podol, you got these two guys that you add, and it's these 3 and D, 
young guys that go out there, earn their minutes, be gritty, tough, and it just adds to the Spurs core unit that they're building right now. And I'm, they're a fun team to watch also. And I think these two additions are just adding to that culture and group that is already kind of in place. Yeah. I was, I was looking at that trade. It's very, I like, I like that for Boston just to add that other shooter. Um, add another piece. I I also, I think Josh Richardson's going to be able to do more in, uh, San Antonio, like I think he'll be able to, he'll do better than what he's been showing in Boston. One thing with San Antonio, shout out Dejounte Murray, All Star baby, much deserved. He deserved it. He deserved it. Yeah. He's been, he's the NBA is in good hands. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these young guys that we're talking about, like him, Tyrese Halliburton, um, all these guys, man, it's it's fun to watch them grow. For sure, for sure. But just how he takes, just how he takes over. We talked about this in other podcasts. Like just how he takes over the game. Yeah, Jonathan uh, Murray. That is, um, it's just it's it's amazing to watch. Uh, now you're for my second to, to wrap up the pod. Oh, okay, yeah. For my second one, you already know, we got to bring in Phoenix into this one. So we're talking Tory Craig to Phoenix for Jalen Smith and a second round pick. It's future second round. I don't, it doesn't say the year. Um, I think this is really good for both teams. Uh, the Pacers get in a backup center who shows he has promise. Uh, he hasn't, he hasn't gotten a lot of time with Phoenix just because their center depth. I don't know how Phoenix keeps doing it, but they keep picking up big men and it just keeps working. So now they got he would he would have been the fourth stream big man behind Bismack Biombo, JaVale McGee, and DeAndre Ayton. So um uh for his sake, I, it helps him too. He's gonna get a lot more run, um, especially with uh Miles, like all they have is Miles Turner. Um they're supposed to let me look at the roster quick, sorry. Um there, I saw something that they're looking to buy out Tristan Thompson, so he will be the backup center. Um, uh, he'll be able to grow here. He'll, it, it just, it's, it's better for him to be in Indiana than it is in Phoenix. Just if he was in a bad situation, um, but for Phoenix's case, Torrey Craig was huge for Phoenix last year in the playoffs. He was basically just Jay Crowder off the bench. Like he's going to lock you up. He's going to uh, knock down threes. He say he has that toughness about him. Uh, I'm very happy to have him back. I was very upset as a fan of Phoenix uh, when I saw that we lost him over the summer, but bringing him back uh, just adds to the already insane depth of the Phoenix Suns. Um, it's only going to help both of these teams. Like I said before, uh, but for Phoenix's case, like I, I don't know. I want to see how they do the rotations now, just because um, they kind of had that set down. They already have like a 10, 10 man rotation, so I want to see how they add that. I don't know if it's just going to be him as like a leadership role um, for other guys or what. Like I don't, I don't know how this is going to work out. But if, if I'm not, I hope nothing happens. Knock on wood. Um, but if someone were to get injured they have someone to replace and have very productive minutes um for me with this uh he's gonna play and he's gonna go out there and do his job over Um, who he fits he'll just find minutes he fits i know he fits in he was just there last year Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's what i mean like they should have just paid him to be honest but like he could like any lineup. He could find eight to twelve minutes a game, and literally have like eight to twelve minutes where he's like plus fifteen on the floor. Like That's he guards what he does. I know, but like, who you playing? You're not playing him over Cam Johnson. Shout out to Cam Johnson. He's has the highest three point percentage for, and he's not in the three point contest. Come on now, <laughs> I'm hating on Phoenix, but. I I think he you could play him at the three the four, he'll find his way on the floor. And they got Nader. Uh, no, Nader was there last year. Um, they got Shamit now too though. Like I don't like who do you play him over? 
you don't play him over anyone. He just made fit him in. Yeah. He, okay. Okay. Like I don't think it's. Uh, he's not somebody that's a replacement. They have a lot of players. Like they, their depth is insane. That's that's all I'm saying. That I think if anything, he'll play instead of Alfred Payton when Cam Payne comes back. No, campaign's just gonna play. So, like, are you? You're not gonna play twelve guys. That's what I'm saying. That's what <laughs> you do. One thing that this will do is like, if you want to rest D book and if you want to rest uh, CP, like you have enough, plenty of bodies to. <laughs> I don't think that those two would let them rest them. What do you is mean? That- I don't think CP and Book will just allow them unless if it's April and it's four games. Before. Oh no, like that's that's what I mean. Like oh. right before the playoffs. Like if you yeah. wanted to put like they this team will be able to win games with at that point, you're gonna have the one locked up. So yeah. Uh it was a big time ad though. They should have just paid him. Oh my that's God. what that's what I'm saying. He was huge in the playoffs. His his minutes were so productive. Uh, like he was, he it was literally just Jay Crowder out there. Yes, <laughs> those were his minutes. Yes, he he's a big time dude, big time player. I don't I don't know how is how has he been doing in Indiana? I have not. He's kind of just out there. He does his job, but it's like you're playing for a team that's not competing, so it's a different level of basketball. Mm-hmm. And his job was a little different because, like, just systematically, he he fits like the puzzle perfectly in Phoenix. Yeah. That's like, that's what, that's how they like, how they he play. would fit there. He would fit Milwaukee. He would fit. Mm-hmm. Which Miami. He was in Milwaukee. <laughs> he would fit. I can he see him Dallas and Dallas, Dallas. Oh, that'd be nice. Dallas would be good. Uh, But he's just a big time player and Phoenix is happy. Should be happy that they got him back. But that is all of our trade talk for you today. Uh, if we didn't talk about a trade that you like, just uh, probably hop on ESPN because they, they're they talking about everything. But they probably are just talking about Ben Simmons and uh, <laughs> James Harden. So if we didn't get to your trade, I'm sorry. But we had fun. We like trade deadline. I, I know both of us have kind of been glued to our phones, seeing what everyone's going on and watching games of like the new guys on new teams and seeing just new and exciting things in the league. Um, for the future, um, I'm going to just preview some things before we wrap this up. So I have a video of the Cavs defense coming out this weekend. Uh, next week, we got an all-star video coming out along with a podcast that we're going to talk something about all-star weekend. And then the following week after All-Star, we're collabing with a good friend of ours that is from Spain. And we're going to talk about one of the best players in basketball and really break down his career progression from 15 years old to today. So that is the future for Just Hoops. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, enjoyed this pod. Like, share, comment. Get it all out there. Check out the YouTube, and we will catch you guys in the next one. Peace. Peace.